This is a Federal News Network podcast. The irony of artificial intelligence is how much human brain power is required to build it. For three years, my next guest had been on loan from the University of Massachusetts to the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA. There, she headed up several DARPA artificial intelligence projects. Now she's been awarded a high honor, the Meritorious Public Service Medal. Dr. Hava Siegelman joins me now. Dr. Siegelman, good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Well, what did you do with those three years at DARPA? Because they have many, many programs, I guess, in the AI field. And uh, tell us about your work there. Sure. I actually was there in two different offices. My, the first office, the one I arrived to, was uh, MTO uh, for hardware. And then after about two years, I moved to the I2O, which is Information Innovation. But I'll tell you about uh, things that I've done. I think the main piece is a program that is called Lifelong Learning. We call it in short L2M. So uh, let me try to explain you in short the, the crooks of this problem. So we hear AI everywhere. You know, everybody's doing something of AI, you know, classifying images, something of that kind. But perhaps the pinnacle of today's AI are the self-driving car, where you need all kinds of things. There is a motor part and the visual part, so sensors and motor coming together and done with very smart programming and with learning from many, many examples. But even when we look at the, at the self-driving car, which is the top of the top, and they're not as used yet, we still see that they fail uh, once in a while, their accidents. And just imagine if there are so few cars have some part of self-driving and we see accidents, just imagine what happens if we have many of them. I, and this is really the weakness uh, of current AI technology. The weakness is that you code and train this AI, and once you field it, it's frozen. So it can have experience in driving outside. It can have experience in going to different places, but it is in fact frozen since you fielded it. So, you know, we, we sometimes hear sentences that AI is better with experience. This experience is not its experience. It's the experience of whoever prepared the data in advance. Got it. Okay. Because often you hear the people that are touting artificial intelligence is its adaptability. But it sounds like what you're saying is all of that adaptation has happened before it's actually fielded. We actually call it uh, the training time or the training phase and the fielding time or the fielding phase. So AI is sometimes people like to kind of not make it as clear or sometimes it comes not as clear. But in fact, after the training phase, it's over. Once it's fielded, when it starts computing, that's it. And the main flaw is that if you want something for a real-world application, you cannot have it trained on any eventuality. So we see AI does very well with computer games when the screen is exactly the same. Try to change the screen a little bit or the brightness, and it may fail. Mm -hmm. So when you take it outside, that's why the self-driving car, so much effort is put in them because they still work pretty well, you know, many times, but they're not safe. So what L2N comes to solve is really this safety issue that we have with AI today. And if we really want to use AI, you know, we cannot rely on whatever was trained, you know, half a year ago and, and go with that. So the lifelong learning project then was a way to have artificial intelligence algorithms keep learning once they're fielded? So they, so this is really a kind of a major advancement. So if L2M is coming to a self-driving car, 
it's ready to go, but then it actually uses what it sees. It uses where it's driving, the road that it's driving to, the experience that it has to incorporate them and actually use them right away in the next steps. So even there is another part that is very interesting. This L2M becomes more and more expert as it goes. So if you have a car and it drives on snow and ice, with more driving, it becomes better. So it actually uses what it does to incorporate it to become better. And hence, you hardly get into these points which it wouldn't know what to do because it already did all kinds of things that even led to that point. So it's, it's a very uh, robust uh, type of AI. And, you know, what I'm talking, I kind of gave it to the example of a self-driving car. Really think about the way we built L2M is the core technology. And then later we're talking about applications. But for the core technologies, the same core technology that you can use for financial prediction, for medical testing, for plants. I mean, just imagine that people come with their COVID or whatever uh, disease there is and images not to identify sure. exactly the way that the virus is now. There is a little bit change over time, and the system doesn't worth anything. We're speaking with Dr. Hava Siegelman. She's a former program director at DARPA, now back to her professorship at the University of Massachusetts. And I imagine there must have been some military applications. Maybe you can't talk about them, but the DOD must have had an interest in self-learning systems because I know that one of the big concerns of autonomous vehicles and autonomous weapons are the safety of them and the auditability of the decisions they make. So was that part of this whole effort? Yes. And we have another program that maybe it's relevant to the question that we call it the GUARD, and it stands for Guaranteeing AI Robustness to Deception. So not only to be strong because you're learning online, but even if people come to deceive you, you're focusing on what's the real and what's the deception and provide this robustness, which is a second program. And how did you conduct all of this program? Did you have staff at DARPA? Did you bring in students and interns? I mean, how do you arrive at uh, at this kind of uh, success? Yeah, the way that uh, DARPA works, you have a program manager around every program manager. There are seated, the support staff. Uh, that come from various places. So they already come ready. You can hire your own if you want. You know, I hire a person of my own too, but most of the people are already there. And, you know, you train them like you train people in the lab on, on new ideas and they grow with you and with the program. You definitely need a group of people to do that. And so will some of these discoveries that you made, I guess these are mainly software discoveries, yeah, yeah. Uh, just there was a comment here that um, lifelong learning is actually a very large program in the sense of not not just in the sense of financial focus, but in terms of number of people that join. It's, it's a very large program. It's one of the largest programs that there are. So we needed a, a nice size of group in DARPA to help us with that. And also, you know, we kind of try to keep the top researchers in United States and also some of outside of United States. So L2M is really kind of the credit is to all these top researchers that came together and changed the way we work in university to work here together. And this was primarily a software effort, correct? I mean, the activity that you led and conducted was coding and then feeding data on the fly and seeing if it reacted properly. I mean, I'm simplifying, but is that basically what you were doing? It's nice that you're saying it. So L2M is, is a program that comes out of MTO, which is the hardware 
office. The program itself is focused mainly on software, but the way we think about it is already about the type of hardware that we'll need next to have it. Yeah, what are the hardware challenges for AI? Because uh, most people, I think, assume it just runs like any other software on a processor. So a uh, current uh, type of hardware for AI are these that can multiply matrices very fast. So the deep learning, the deep neural network will be able to be done fast just by, by crunching a lot of numbers. When you talk about uh, lifelong learning, you, you think about different kind of hardware, hardware that can support changes. So this is again become... Uh, we kind of actually call it lifelong learning hardware, and we're actually thinking and designing and in touch with companies since the very beginning of lifelong learning about this hardware. And for all of this, you have received the Meritorious Public Service Medal. That's the highest civilian honor from DOD. What is that like? <laughs> um, you know, I've, I was very, very surprised. And, you know, I to say I'm, I'm, I'm kind of proud in a good, proud way because I, I love this country, you know, like all of us. And, and I'm so happy that I managed to take knowledge that I have and expertise that I have and actually turn it to something so positive. And now that you are returning to the University of Massachusetts, will you be a software professor or hardware or L2M? <laughs> So I'm directing a lab there uh, for the last many years, which I'm looking at the combination of uh, neuroscience and computer science. And I kind of go back to that, but in a way, I have kind of new type of knowledge that I'm bringing with me. I think that I'll be able to offer the type of uh, support for graduate students to learn about AI that just start to be exist. In fact, uh, I wanted to also add that we had an interview with some researchers recently that were looking at the motivations of AI grads, recent grads, and the question was how can public service be made to appeal to these people once they graduate with their AI degrees? Yes, you know, I can say that I had an unbelievable time in the sense that I worked with, you know, with people that are not only top researchers, but really want to take what they do for the good. So, People want to do different things with their with their brain, and if you if you focus mainly on money, on immediate money, then there is one way. But just to say, you know, when you go to the federal world, you meet so many people and so many you know companies that if you really want to go into this direction, you can do it. And you know, I just kind of to say on the side, I've been consulting uh, with major tech companies for years already from UMass, from and the universities allow it. So uh, there are many ways to bring AI and the good of AI uh, to here, but I'm definitely a spokesman for public service. Dr. Hava Siegelman is former program director at DARPA, now back to her professorship at the University of Massachusetts. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.